it's McConaughey back in the shirtless era, as you noticed from the trailer. <laughs> it was back when you can count on a shirtless McConaughey. I'm sorry, film. is that era over? It kind of is. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, there are basically only two characters in the entire film, and you have a hard time liking either one of them. Yeah, and especially I, I love him, that, actually. him from the very beginning because he's eating his french fries with a fork. <laughs> and welcome back to Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio. This is Fry Club, and she is Hope Madden. She's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com. First of all, thanks for coming out of the nasty weather we got tonight. But uh, that's a good place to be because we're going to talk about some nasty angels. They're and, not all nasty. Right, that's true. They that's are true. mainly nasty. Though. And we'll get into that and show a, a really great film, I think. I've already been talking to a couple of people that have seen it already, which is cool, but yeah. a lot of people have not seen it. And I think uh, they're going to be impressed. And, of course, as always, after it's done, if you want to come down and give us your your thoughts, your reactions to the film, we would love to make you part of the podcast after it's over. So that's always it's always fun to get people's reaction. Hey! I thought yeah. you were limping for a minute. You all right there? Sneaking. Just, just sneaking in. Sneaking. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, this is, a, this is a good one. And Angels, did we come up with this or you come up with this basically tailored toward the movie that we, yes. we were able to show tonight? Yes. Um, I, I have, I don't know, let's say a list of 200 topics in my house and they all have... <laughs> movies associated with them and then i've got like highlighted the ones where i know i want to show one of the movies and i've always known i wanted to show this movie so there are times where i think to myself let's just do angels and then i have to go wait a minute do i want so anyway so that's why we've been sitting on this topic for a while uh because i knew that i wanted to show i wanted us to show this movie yeah because as i've said before there was a time when we actually thought we might run out of topics for this podcast, and it's it's not going to happen. It's not ever going to happen. I mean, I'll be walking through the house and crack my foot on a door, and then, oh, doors in horror, <laughs> or something like that. That's just how it starts, and then and there's feet. lists I everywhere. I could totally do one on feet. See? There we go. Yeah. It's, it's happening. But before uh, we get ahead of ourselves, we had a lot of fun last time as we had our senior Aussie correspondent, uh, Corey Metcalf, on to talk about horrific workouts, and he... He brought up a couple of movies, just god-awful, <laughs> god-awful movies that we had not seen. So I guess kudos to Corey for that. Yeah, and actually Seth was very excited about one of them because he talked about Death Spa, also called Killer Workout. So it wasn't officially part of the top five, but it was, it was, it was on Corey's top five. So we got a chance to You had seen that already, that Seth? Oh, so okay. That's, that's what people are excited about. Yeah. We had not, I had heard Ooh. of it, but we'd not seen it. And we watched the trailer and still haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough. <laughs> but they were fun, especially getting into some of those Final Destination, very involved. Well, and that was the Rube one. Goldberg sorts of death. Tom had a premonition as soon as he saw the topic that poor Candace was going to make the list. And indeed, <laughs> Candace was number one. Oh, that she is did. Just, oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. Poor and then Candace I want right. to call out that um, Ben had it. Strip nude for your killer did not make the list, and it, it should have at least been discussed. He's right. We should have at least covered it. So that was my bad, I suppose. I might be the only one of the three of us who knew that movie. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't. I missed that one somehow. <laughs> so, Ben, good job out of you. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Always good to get Corey on. And, uh, we Corey of the Rewatch podcast, yes. if you want to check out his podcast. I think they're doing Dawson's Creek right now. They do really random things, I think, but they're fun. They're fun to listen to. He goes back and rewatches old stuff. And uh, sometimes it's a it's movie series. Like he, yep. last time we had him on, it was like all of the Hitchcock seed, which is a lot of movies. And then Dawson's Creek, which is all right. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested in one of those. <laughs> 
But we love you, Corey. Thank you for that as we look ahead yep. to Angels in Horror. So we've got we've got a top five list, and, of course, one of them is the movie we're going to show tonight, as always. But you wanted to mention a couple here before we get into it that are worth worth a look. Yeah, so there are, there are so many movies where angels figure very prominently in the film that, that that's really what we focus on uh, mainly. There, there are movies where it's a massive part of the, part of the film, but there's, um, I always love Danny Aiello in Jacob's Ladder, who plays a masseuse, which has come up already today. <laughs> and right. he also plays an angel, and it's such a lovely you know, moment in sort of a, a, such a dark and, and uh, foreboding and creepy, creepy movie. He's such this just gentle, lovely, mm-hmm. bright spot. So I just wanted to call that out because Jacob's Ladder is always worth a mention. And yeah, then, exactly. Technically speaking, Lucifer, right? He's, he's an angel. He's, he's not going to figure prominently in this list, but I don't want to say he deserves a mention. I feel like I'm going to be struck down, but come on, let's be honest. So Angel Heart also because Harold Angel's not an angel, but it's his name. So that would be the one if mm-hmm. I were going to work one in that was just about that. It would have been that one. And then the Mothman Prophecies, which is actually about angels. They're, they're angels. The Mothman, he's an angel. I don't know if you guys remember that that movie. We're not going to cover that, but I just always remember when I was watching it going, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so I thought, well. As long as I've recalled that, I'm going to share it with everyone. Okay, good. So, obviously, I think the rules are pretty evident on this one. Yeah. you got you, you got to be an angel. Yeah. Um, and there's some that are, like you said, more ingrained in the story than others with this. Yeah, there's some where the angels are massive characters, mm-hmm. and there are others where the angel is just an important figure, but not really a character we get to know. Okay, good enough. So, we will start uh, at number five on our list of angels in horror from 1990. A police lieutenant uncovers more than he bargained for as his investigation of a series of murders, which have all the hallmarks of a deceased Gemini serial killer, leads him to question the patience of a psychiatric ward. It's The Exorcist Three. You believe in possession, Father? Come to take a little blood from you, Father. Who are you? I am no one. I have no idea why that was so loud. I have no idea. <laughs> and immediately I broke the rule, right? Because the, that's the only angels in the entire film. It's like two and a half, two hour and 40 minute movie. It's but it's Fabio. Angels, but it's such a great scene. What are you that supposed to do? That casting. Yeah. That casting. I mean, Patrick Ewing is yeah. Angel of Death. How beautiful and brilliant was that? That was genius. And I also love that, uh, that George C. Scott is like so... I'm like, why are you so happy about this? <laughs> so sorry he's, you were murdered. I know. He's just so peppy about the whole thing. I'm like, this is seriously creepy shit, but he's all happy. I just think it's the weirdest, weirdest scene. And it's it's interesting to me how much this movie has become loved, much more so, than I think, than when it came out. I'm con- it was a bomb when it came out, which is crazy. And, and, and critically panned, yeah. really. I yeah. mean, I'm constantly seeing lists pop up uh, about loved movies here, loved movies there. And this one is always... Getting uh, on lists of, well, of course, because of jump scares. You know, we had it number one yes. in our jump scare. The greatest just, jump scare ever. But just overall, it has, over the years, it has gotten some, some much deserved love and really is a bit surprising when you look into it because there was just so much battling back and forth between William Peter Blatty, who wrote and directed it, 
and the studio yeah. wanting so many changes. Originally, he, he had it just based on his book, Legion, which didn't include an exorcism at all. And they wanted that added. Of course, they wanted um, Jason Miller yeah. from uh, Father Karras yeah. from the original Exorcist added in. And so many of these changes. And it still turned out as as effective as, as it did, yeah. which is sort of a miracle. Yeah, we've talked about, as much as I love this scene, my favorite scene, and, and there's the great jump scare, but my favorite scene in the movie actually takes place in a confessional. It's It scared the living shit out of me the first time I saw this movie. Like, just terrified me. This creepy voice of this old lady in a confessional, and uh, I, I, loved, I, I love this movie. Yeah, I think it really, really works out. And for years, Blatty had thought and had really put out there that the footage that he needed to make his his sort of final cut had been lost, but it was found, and the original version was restored uh, shortly before his death in 2017. For, for they thought uh, Morgan Creek, I think, was a studio oh, that, sure. that had said that it was lost. But uh, so you get a little bit of both about his vision and and the the one the studio wanted for obvious reasons. They wanted to cash in on the Exorcist name, and especially after you know the Heretic <laughs> Exorcist two. Was uh, so god awful, unfortunate. Oh my god, it was. But so you bad. know, the funny thing is, it it's sort of in the one scene where they show the stairs that that uh, Father Karras fell down. They sort of go out of their way not to put the house, uh, the McNeil's house, in the shot, and so they don't contradict it, but yet they don't show the place where the the house used to be because it was destroyed in in the, the heretic. So they kind of they kind of play dance it down the middle. That? Yeah, they kind of dance around it, but I think it's better. I love just thinking that this goes right from the original Exorcist to this one. The great thing about this scene, I think, is that it brings the supernatural into Kinnaman's. He he mm-hmm. he starts to understand that this isn't in any way just a regular investigation, or he's not just stepping by that there's something supernatural afoot again because of this dream. And I think that it it works really well in the context of the film to just the whole movie pivots after this scene. And yeah. I think it's just. And plus, I just think it's a great scene. Yeah, it is. And that's number five on our list of Angels in Horror, The Exorcist 3 from 1990. Uh, up to number four, a lot more recent. This is from 2015. Jack, a social outcast, is thrust out of his comfort zone when the outside world bangs on his door and he can't contain his violent past. It's He Never Died. I was shocked to find out you had a kid. They have Andrea. How old are you? I have no idea. But I'm in the Bible if that means anything. I'm known as Cain. Probably just gonna go kill another room full of people. You are? Probably. Come on! I'm getting you out of here. I'm going to kill you. I am going to tear you apart and eat you. It's not because I want to, but I have to. Let me die! We were lucky enough to interview Henry Rollins when he was doing press for this movie. One of Hope's all-time favorite interview moments. <laughs> but he was great. He was great. She was incredibly nervous, and he was, what can I do? What can I do to make it all right? That is what he said. He is what he said. Because he called like 10 minutes early, and I freaked the fuck out. I was just like, I'm not where I thought I would be sitting. I was so freaked out, and I kept apologizing. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm just so nervous. And that's what he said. What could I, what could I do to make great. you not so nervous? I said, you would have to literally not be you. He was great. And that's not the only reason it's on this list, because I really love Henry Rollins. But it's a fascinating movie. Yeah, and if you look at the, the front there, the poster image, mm-hmm. he's got the wings on yeah. that he angel wings that he doesn't actually have in the movie well so he's got big scars down his back from where he removes them so that he can blend in but here's the thing 
Not that if you've ever listened to this podcast ever before, and not that I'm like a stickler for like religious details or anything no, like that. No, no. But he's not an angel. He's Cain. He says so. Cain isn't an angel. He's a dude. Anyway, so but <laughs> if you can get past that, I mean, and if I can get past that, you can get past that. It's a great movie. It's really fascinating, and it's really against type for Rollins because he plays this incredibly sort of dead inside, no energy it's a very funny performance and it's a really it sneaks up on you the mm-hmm. violence and gore in the movie and then when it does sort of turn supernatural it's much fun it's almost like noir-ish with these kind of surreal flourishes I, I thought this was a really fun movie and he still has his he has his energetic moments that you saw a little bit of in the trailer there but you're right for him as his persona it's it's sort of reserved although that time that we saw him in his spoken word tour he was a lot more reserved than I expected him to be. Mm-hmm. But he's great in this movie, and even though you're right, he's not an angel, it's very steeped in biblical stories. Yeah, well, he's allegedly an angel in this movie. There are wings. Yeah. It's just that, you know. Cain. Yeah, he's Cain. He's a dude. He's a dude. (laughs) That's what I heard. And this is from two. What is it? 2015. Yeah. He never died. Number four. We got to get moving here. We got a movie movie to watch. Let's move it up to number three, and this one is from 1995, at the scene of a bizarre murder. L.A. homicide detective. Thomas Daggett discovers a lethal heavenly prophecy now being fulfilled on Earth. In the fight to stop the forces of evil, he finds an unlikely ally in an elementary school teacher, the prophecy. Are you a part of it? No, Catherine. Other angels have made this war because they hate you. You and all humans. God has put you in his grace and pushed them aside. They're desperate. They've never been able to conquer the other loyal angels. And so this war has remained in stalemate for thousands of years. And while this state of affairs endures, no soul can meet its God. Your parents and their parents and so on from the beginning lie still in wormy earth. Of course, some of them do come to me eventually. For while heaven may be closed, I am always open, even on Christmas. Now, of course, this one already made one of our... I guess you'd call it an angel list, as we did our favorite Satan's. We did. In horror. This this made the list. It did. Because Viggo Mortensen, and this is another one. Man, this cast. Oh, yeah. So, Christopher Walken, obviously. Viggo Mortensen. Uh, Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen, Madsen yeah. Um, um, Eric Stoltz. Uh, Elias Gutierrez. I mean, it's it's crazy, because it's a low-budget movie. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous amount of talent for this movie, and it's an incredibly weird film. It really starts off as one almost Tarantino kind of city dweller movie and then it becomes this other whole out on a, an Indian reservation supernatural weird thing and Elias Cotillas is terrible in it he's terrible <laughs> and a lot of the performances are terrible just terrible but it's absolutely salvaged by the great performances and just by the presence of Christopher Walken mm-hmm. who plays Gabriel but let's sidetrack for a second to Vega Mortensen oh my god and he's got this like weird gimpy friend with him who's like all done up in black electrical tape and he's so you're like <laughs> I why am I so compelled to look at you oh well, that's right cuz you're Viggo Mortensen I totally forgot he makes one of the weirdest on-screen satans ever Lucifer cuz it's mm-hmm. all very an- angel names in this one and it's it's just when by the time he shows up it's like a whole other movie just appeared in this movie it's a tremendous amount of fun. And, of course, every single second that Walken is on screen, as is always the case, glorious. And there's a lot of symbolism here. They use birds a lot to symbolize the angels. Uh, Gabriel perches on a bench. 
Looks like a bird in silhouette. You've got uh, Lucifer exploding into crows, Gabriel exploding into doves. That happens throughout the movie. But you had, moving away from this movie, you had others sort of under the same tent that dealt with Gabriel specifically. Right, because it's a funny thing to me how often Gabriel shows up as a bad guy in horror movies, and I don't know why that is. Like, that just seems such an unusual thing. It's never Michael. It's, I mean, it's rarely Michael, but if Gabriel shows up all the time. There is a, there's an Australian movie from a few years ago called Gabriel, and he's actually not a bad guy in that one. And it's, it's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. It's very stylized and, you know, somewhat interesting. Uh, I don't mind that one. And then, of course, Constantine. That's the best Gabriel ever because it's Tilda Swinton. Yes. 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 And then also uh, Peter Stormare, right, as Lucifer in that one. That's a one-two yeah, punch, that man. That really is. It's very hard to root for Keanu Reeves in that movie. When you see those two, you're like, I, I'm siding this way. I'm very sorry. And then Legion, which is Michael versus Gabriel. And uh, and we've talked about that one mm-hmm. before because we, we talked about diners. We did diners right. of horror, so we oh, did that Oh, yeah, because they have one. that great scene in the diner. Yeah, they do, yeah. with the Fantastic. ice cream man. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so those are, I was just thought kind of fascinating how many, yeah. how often Gabriel is the one who comes up. Yeah. And this one, if you're a, a religious stickler like Hope is, you might have noticed that in this movie they find a handwritten holy Bible that includes chapter 23 of the book of Revelation, which actually only has 22 chapters. They made That's that. an important point It in the is movie. an important point, huh? It's an <laughs> that, important point. That they made that up for the movie. Um, so that is number number three, and that's a good one. Yeah, you're right, boy. The cast in this is just crazy. It is. It is crazy. And the way you can see in the trailer, the way they shoot the angels of Eric Stoltz early on, I mean, he's so, like, he fills up. He's so beautiful. It's, it's just a really fascinating train wreck of a film. Uh, number three from 95, The Prophecy. Moving up to number two. This is from 2001, another one we've talked about on a couple of different podcasts. A mysterious man arrives at the offices of an FBI agent recounts his childhood, how his religious fanatic father received visions, telling him to destroy people who were, in fact, demons. It's frailty. They were raised to obey their father. Go to see Homer. To love him. To trust him. Night, boys. Sleep tight. Don't let those bed bugs bite. Until. Wake up. I've got something to tell you. What's wrong? There are demons among us. I can see the demons while other people can. I'm scared, Dad. God will be sending a list of the first seven demons. These are people's names. And they'll look like people. They're not. You're crazy! Only demons should fear me. And you're not a demon, are you? Boy, this is a good movie. And watching that trailer reminds you not only what a good actor Bill Paxton was, but he directed this too. He did direct it. And the it. fact that he died so young, you know, he could have directed more films and this is it's so well directed and so well acted it's got that great twist ending it does and it it has a lot to say about religious fanaticism and the road to uh accepting that and falling uh, into that trap and it's and, and plus it's a it's an engaging mystery it is and bill paxton plays against type he plays this incredibly earnest dad and the the time stamp of this movie is so spot on it's like 1979 they all have their dukes of hazard lunch boxes i mean everything <laughs> about it and the the, the children's performances are also Great. Mm-hmm. There's a great, you know, thread of this about, you know, just being an adolescent boy and raging against your father and everything about it. I, I just we showed this. This was one of our films back in the day. Um, I've always been so impressed by the direction that this yes. took and also the writing, because the writing, you think you know where it's going and you don't know where it's going. And also it's McConaughey back in the shirtless era, as you noticed from the trailer. It was back when you can count on a shirtless McConaughey. I'm sorry, is that era over? It kind of is. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting that 
Bill Paxton, he directed this, and then, of course, he legendarily directed the Fish Heads video. That's right. Back in the day. But if he, you didn't know, that's the legend. He didn't, <laughs> he just didn't direct that much. No, he had that TV show about Mormons, and I think he directed several episodes oh, yes, of that. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a darn shame that he passed as early as he did, because this is just so, it's just so well constructed. The pieces of it, the performance that he gets, not only from himself, but uh, yeah. the kids and every, everyone. And the, or, Powers he, Booth. Oh, yeah. Powers Booth kind of sleepwalks through this, but I don't think I ever saw him really act ever, so that seems right. <laughs> but he's got a great voice. But the, the thing about the angel in this film is that, you know, he he's quite sure that an angel showed up in his bedroom and mm-hmm. spoke to him, but in the scene itself, light hits a, a trophy. It just hits the angel on a trophy on his book stand. Mm-hmm. And in that is it, it's a perfect moment in this film because the entire rest of the film, you and the boys, the older boy, is like, I, I think my dad's just nuts. Yeah. And, you know, and then the, not, he tries the so hard to tell him, I don't think that's what you saw. And it's it's just, I mean, it's such an incredibly good family drama, mm-hmm. you know, underneath all the carnage, which really just adds to it. Yeah, it's a sad family drama. Heartbreaking. It is. Yeah. And that, we got to get moving because we got a movie to show. That's from 2001, Frailty Number 2. And at number one is the movie that we're going to see tonight. Number one in Angels and Horror from 2016, A Determined Young Woman and a Damaged Occultist risk their lives and souls to perform a dangerous ritual that will grant them what they want. It's a dark song. I have to hear his voice again. This is your last chance to back out. Seal it. You do know what we're taking on. A shifting consciousness. Becoming one with the ceremony. Pure. And may all my transgressions be washed. This is real stuff we're playing with. Real angels, real demons. Make me trust you. How do we know that it started? It's not your son. I know. No, 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 don't trust the light. We'll be stuck here forever. Maybe we should stop. We can't stop! We never talk too much about the movie that we're going to see because we like to talk afterwards with you, but how many people have seen this one? Ooh, just nice. a couple. Yay. Very nice. We always love that. Yeah. Well, as I heard, I, th- I think it was you uh, talking earlier, the ritual that they show in the movie is an actual ritual, the Abramelin operation. Did I say that right? Yeah. And it is meant to obtain the knowledge and the conversation of the ritualist guardian angel. So just, I guess, keep that in mind as we watch the movie. But yeah, we don't want to spoil anything, but please come on down. We'd love to get your reactions. After the movie is over, as soon as the credits start, we'll bring the sound down and love to get your thoughts on the movie. One hour and 40 minutes later. What do we think? Thumbs up? Yeah, that was one where uh, we were kind of talking amongst ourselves that uh, you can see by the end it could have qualified a few different themes if we were going to do a different sort of podcast, but at least one would be too much of a spoiler. Right. Yeah, there was a whole other topic that I was thinking of doing, and I thought, well, I don't know how many people have seen this film, not just here, but who might listen. And I thought, well, I didn't want to give away what turns out to be the real theme of the whole film. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I did love, I mean, obviously, it's not a very big budget film, and the whole budget is on that last scene. Oh, yeah. I think that's where the whole budget comes in. (laughs) (laughs) But still, they're able to do a a lot of uh, creepy things with sound. Yeah. Very much so throughout the house. Uh, but yeah, they they really, and you 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 knew it was leading to something. It had to be leading to something. The whole her whole metaphor of her personal journey still yeah. had to lead to a payoff. You know, one of the things I like 
about this movie and have like, first of all, Steve Orm, I'm a big fan of Steve Orm's, and this is not his typical role. He's usually a dumbass goofball. And so that's not what he was in this. And one of the things I liked right away when I watched this is that they're both so unlikable. The whole <laughs> film long, you know? Right. And that never happens. And I, and I, so, and we see, like, on average, honestly, we kept track, we see on average 350 movies a year. So anytime a movie does something that's wildly different, I'm like, I'm all excited about it. And that's something that you really rarely see is that, first of all, there are basically only two characters in the entire film. And you have a hard time liking either one of them. Yeah, and especially I, I him, love that, actually. Him from the very beginning because he's eating his french fries with a fork. <laughs> so right away, I'm out. What is his deal? <laughs> anybody, anybody have thoughts want to come down? We'd love to get you on the, get you on the mic. Uh, it's definitely a movie I would like to rewatch again just to see all the stuff that I missed out on. But I really like the acting. I really like the suspense and like the buildup of what was going to happen in the end. It's just, it was really amazing. I'm so glad you liked it. One of the things I liked about it was that toy because, you know, it was probably some Happy Meal toy. It's some dumbass, <laughs> stupid, cheap thing, and it was his favorite toy. I thought that was very authentic. One thing I find very interesting about it is you mentioned the fact that it's just two uh, people for the most in the movie, and it's almost entirely indoors. So it, it's really quite genre-bending because... You know, the initial premise is overall a horror movie, but the, the approach of two people in an isolated location uh, sort of has elements of uh, Italian neorealist films. And so it's, it's very experimental and interesting how it, you know, seamlessly combines those two kinds of genres and sort of perfectly mix it, uses that to mix, the, you know, the supernatural element with the human interpersonal element. It really does. I mean, it... It's a horror film, and it becomes a horror film eventually, but for, for the longest time, you know, it's spooky, but you're not even sure that what they think is happening is happening. And one of the things I think is really right. effective is how well they play on that. Like, she has subjected herself to something right away, because right away it's actually just sort of, it seemed like a, a clear metaphor for just an abusive man. You know, and, and she's in, put herself in a situation where she is going to have to submit to this. And I think that, and I, and I think, again, with the overarching theme, that's very important. But it, it makes the whole film so unsettling. It also felt very gothic at times. It reminded me of things like The Others. Yeah. You know, where you're yeah. in that j just big mansion. And you're right. Is it is it really happening? What's on the other side? Or someone or something in other world is watching them, interacting with them, and What's what side are you on? Reminded me of that at times, and 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 well done, like you said, on a limited budget, is able to get the the foreboding, a sense of growing dread and creepiness throughout the whole. And part of that is, even though it's a it's a very big house, it still feels feels very claustrophobic. It does. They have to submit. She has to submit to these long, drawn out uh, rituals and the processes of, of not eating and just sitting in one room going from one to the other. It's, and then shaving his back. Yeah, what was that about? <laughs> that would be unpleasant. I don't want to do that. I think he just threw that in for grooming purposes. <laughs> it's not really part of it. He can't reach. She's the only one there. So, There's a lot about purification. There's yes. that mushroom. Oh, yeah. And that was another part, I think, early on where she knows what's going to happen and she does it anyway. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was a dick. Oh, <laughs> Totally. <laughs> well, thanks, you guys. I appreciate the comments, as always. All right, looking ahead to next time out. Well, we don't know quite yet what movie we're going to show For September. in September, but we do know about October. 
We do because, and we don't even know if we're supposed to tell you this, but they're going to show Halloween the entire month long here. And they have asked us to show Halloween 3 for Fright Club. So it's a 35 millimeter print of Halloween 3, and that is what we're going to do. And we're still deciding, maybe you can help us. If our topic is going to be Tom Atkins or the movies of 1982, and if you haven't looked them up, there are some really fucking great movies from 1982. So those are right now the two options. So we'll put up, we'll put up a poll, right. maybe, on... Um on uh, the Fright Club podcast. By the way, haven't you mentioned it? You haven't even mentioned it. If you haven't uh, joined our Fright Club podcast group on Facebook, please do that. Just send. That's uh, where you'll find your poll. Yeah. Just send a uh, request and we'll approve that really quickly. Of course, you can always find us. This podcast will be edited up on Monday. Mm-hmm. Usually you can find it on all the usual apps and, of course, on, uh, on our socials. The main website is madwolf.com and on Facebook and Instagram, it's madwolfcolumbus. And our own Twitter is at Fright Club Pod. So you can keep the conversation going on any of those platforms. We would love it if you do. But, yeah, October is going to be Season of the Witch, Halloween 3, yep. and we'll decide on the topic. So that should be fun. I mean, yep. uh, October is always fun at the Gateway Film Center. Yes, it is. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a blast doing that. So And also another quick plug, if you haven't, the Hammer program that they're going to run the entirety of August, which was co-programmed by Brandon Thomas and myself. It's still running, and you should go. This Friday, they're going to show Modern Hammer, so it's going to be The Lodge and Let Me In. Oh, so good. And then after that, back to the regular Hammer, the bodices and the bloodletting. So, yeah. um, But so, go. Find something and go. Yeah, you still have time to stop Hammer Time. <laughs> All right, we're going to show a dark song here in just a little bit. Please enjoy it. Please let us know what you thought. Until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Enjoy.